Acts chapter 9. Amen. We're going to do some teaching this morning. I'm going to try not to be too long. Amen. I just have a thought that God has given. Amen. Acts chapter 9, we're going to be reading verses 10 through 19, and then we're going to jump over to verses 26 through 30. Amen. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. And the Bible says this. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and to him the Lord said in a vision Ananias and he said here I am Lord so the Lord said to him arise and go to the street called straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he is praying and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard about this man and how much harm he has done to your church in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name but the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how many things that he must suffer for my name's sake amen let's jump over to verse 26 through 30 And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple and did not believe that he was changed. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he, Barnabas, declared to the disciples, how Saul had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Damascus the name of Jesus. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to uh, teach on this topic of a change that you can see. A change that you can see. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for the reading of your word. Father, the ground is ready. Our hearts are open. Father, speak to us from heaven. Allow us to have change in our lives through your word. Father, we praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. A change that you can see. Amen. You know, I I thought about this uh, title of this sermon, amen, for most of the week, and, um, you know, it, it uh, 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 really caused me to look into my life in the last um, uh, 16 years of being in the Lord this, this month, amen, on my wife's birthday of August 23rd, amen, uh, uh, 16 years ago. On that day, I walked into a church, amen, uh, maybe half the size of this one, amen, where my life was changed forever. My life was uh, uh, changed by the power of God's word. Amen. I, I came in. Uh, people said, you know, I, uh, I, I don't tell people I was at the bottom of the barrel. I tell people I was under the barrel. Amen. I had to, I had to go several feet. Amen. Just to reach the bottom of the barrel. Amen. I felt like King David where the Bible says that he reached down into the miry clay, and he pulled me out, amen, of the mud. And so I thought about my life over the years, amen, the time 
uh, the moment that I walked into this little church in Pacoima, California, and uh, I, I actually thought that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to end up uh, dead or serving a life sentence somewhere. Um, I, I'm not going to make it. My life is done. Amen. And, and I, I, I walked into this church and I says, you know, I, I need to try something that I've never tried before. Amen. I had, I had tried all the programs. I had tried all the, the things and I had tried all these. I tried everything, church, and nothing did it for me but him. Can you say amen? amen. And so I thought about this as I, I put together this, this teaching, this lesson, amen, uh, of a change that you can see because I, I titled that because uh, going into 16 years now of, of, of serving the Lord and, 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 and next month is five years, amen, September is five years that we celebrate uh, my wife and I of pastoring Christian Restoration Center, amen, and uh, you know, uh, uh, all of these things uh, would be for naught, amen, had there not been any change in our life, can you say amen, amen, I believe that everybody here, not just me or my wife, but everybody here, amen, uh, from the moment that you came to the Lord, from the moment that you decided to give your life uh, to God, and you decided to, to do something different, amen, that that everything else that you were trying wasn't working, but you said, I'm going to try Jesus, amen, and, and that uh, I can, uh, I think I speak for everyone, that the minute you decided, amen, the minute you made that choice, amen, that, that you didn't desire, you didn't say in your mind, I'm going to go, and then five years later, I'm going to be the same, or, or 10 years later, I'm going to be the same, or, or 15 years later, I'm going to be the same, uh, we came into this thing, we gave our life to the Lord, we surrendered our life to the Lord so that there can be a change. Can you say amen? Amen. And not only a change that we see, but a change that everybody can see. Amen. Can you say amen? And so in this portion of scripture, amen, in the book of Acts, the Bible uh, talks about, it, it tells us a story of a, it's a well-known story, as a matter of fact, of the conversion of a man by the name of Saul, amen, uh, who was on his way to Damascus, the Bible says, and uh, uh, to fully understand and appreciate this story about this man, amen, and what happened on this road to Damascus, you, you actually have to go back to chapter 7, to the end of chapter 7, and to see his start, amen, because he wasn't always just like you and I. He wasn't always in the church, amen. Uh, this was a man that wasn't born into the church. He didn't sleep on the pews. Uh, he wasn't a PK, amen. This man, uh, amen, was of the world. He was of the world. And so to, to fully understand and, and to fully appreciate what happened on this road, you got to go back. Amen. Because if you go back, you're going to find that the writer, amen, of the book of Acts was trying to share with us a, a theological truth. Amen. He was trying to uh, show us the, the true, Sister Soraya, convicting power and, and changing power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so the power for this man to change, the power for you and I to change was not there in our life until the Holy Ghost came upon us. Can you say amen? Amen. And so, and so what the writer is doing is the writer wants us to go back to where the, to see what kind of a man that he was and the kind of a man that he is now through the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so uh, I say that because uh, a true conversion, it doesn't start until you've been endowed with power from on high. You cannot change without the Holy Ghost. You will not change without the Holy Ghost. You cannot press forward without the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, you could try. You could try to get ahead. You could try to push through. You could try to move the mountain. But it's not you that moves it. It's the Holy Ghost that moves it. 
Amen. And so unless, unless you have the Holy Ghost active and stirred up in your life, uh, you will not move ahead. You will not do certain things. You will not, amen, fulfill the purpose that God has called you to fulfill unless you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. Because the Holy Ghost is what brings the change individual's life. The Holy Ghost is what transforms and restores an individual's life. It delivers, it heals, it blesses, it prompts, it activates. It does. The Holy Ghost does it all for you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, let me break this down for you. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I get excited and I have a tendency to take off. Amen. And, and, and I, I, I said to myself, don't preach today. So let's slow down. I just want to talk. My wife says, but that's how you talk. The neighbors say, man, you guys argue a lot. No, we don't. We talk. Amen. So let, let me break this down. Amen. Because we got to go back, Sister Susan. We got to go back. In order to understand, amen, what's going on, we got to go back. In order for me to know you, in order for me to, to help an individual, in order for me as a pastor, the first thing I do is I try to go back so we can find out why we're doing what we're doing. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we let me break this down. So if we go back, we find in Acts, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, power from on high. We can't change without it. And so in Acts chapter 8, we read about some Samaritans that were enemies of God's people. Amen. And the Bible says that when they preached, they were preached uh, the powerful message of the, of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Brother Albert, Albert that they were convicted, amen, and they were converted, amen, to the faith of Jesus Christ. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God, amen. And so the Bible says that these men, these people that were enemies of God, amen, they heard the message, they heard the good news, they heard it, and they were convicted and converted, and now they were followers of Jesus Christ. And if you continue to move on in the scriptures in the book of Acts, amen, soon after that you find out about an Ethiopian man, amen. He, this man had no knowledge, amen, whatsoever of the scriptures, but after hearing the word of God being broken down to him, the Bible says that he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior and was water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then you find in the book of Acts chapter 9, we have the conversion of Saul, the man that we were talking about in the opening scripture. Amen. Who was on his way to Damascus, the Bible says, to bind up, amen, and uh, to tie up and to chain up, amen, men and women uh, that were calling on the name of the Lord, hallelujah. The Bible says that he was, uh, he was, he was convicted and he was uh, uh, knocked off of uh, his horse, the Bible says, as he was trans as he was on his way to Damascus to bind up and kill Christians. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord appeared to him. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you step into the book of Acts, we're going somewhere. When you step into the book of Acts chapter 10, amen, we encounter a Gentile man by the name of Cornelius. Amen. A Roman soldier. And I say that, I point out his title for a reason. Not that it was a bad thing for him to be a Roman soldier, but this man did something that he shouldn't have done, but he does. Because remember, it was the Roman soldiers that nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. 
And so now we find this man by the name of Cornelius, uh, who was a Roman soldier, amen, uh, who shouldn't but does, uh, amen, receives the Lord as his personal Savior, uh, is filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost, uh, and not only him, uh, but his entire family uh, was baptized uh, in the name that is above every name, hallelujah, his whole family was converted, uh, his whole family surrendered their life. His whole family went down into the saving waters of baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we find, amen, following this account, we run into the conversion of the apostle Peter himself. And you might be saying, Peter, he was already converted. How, how do we find his conversion again? Here, Many, many chapters and many books after the day of Pentecost. Well, we find his conversion, amen, because Peter thought, check this out, Peter thought that salvation was only for his kind. Peter thought salvation was only for the Jews. Amen. And so God had to, had to, had to show him otherwise that, that, that he does not play favorites, uh, that it doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you lived on. Uh, it doesn't matter what color you are. Uh, it doesn't matter how you look. Uh, it don't matter. Salvation is for everybody that God is going to call. Uh, can you say amen? Amen. And so you see, Peter was like, nah, this is just for my people. You know, sometimes we get like that. I ain't inviting that one to church. Heck no. She needs more than Jesus. You can't get any better than Jesus. Amen. And you see, we have the attitude and the mentality. Oh, I ain't. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. Amen. But, but you know, salvation is for everybody, even your exes. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, they might not need to come here with you. Right? 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 But, amen. But, but they need salvation. Amen. And you see, there are many ways that we, you and I, can fall into the mentality and the thinking of Peter. Remember Jonah? God said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh because I'm getting ready to destroy them and I need you to tell them to repent. He said, I don't even like those people. And he walked the other way. You know, God's going to call each and every one of us to go and talk to a person that we don't, we're not too fond of. And you know, he's going to do it as a test. Just to see if you will pay. What did this knucklehead do? He went the opposite direction. He thought he could hide from God. And when he did that, not only him, but everybody that was around him suffered because of his disobedience. Oh, somebody needs to pick that message up, Reverend, and preach on it. Amen. But you see, Peter thought salvation was only for the Jews. Amen. And then we find in Acts chapter 10, we run into some more Gentiles, some, some more non-Jews like you and I. Amen. Uh, some more Gentiles that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says uh, that they're all water baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so if we put all of these stories together from Acts chapter 8, all the way to Acts chapter 10, you'll see that the writer is trying to, 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 to share a very deep theological truth that he wants you and I to appreciate today. And that very deep theological truth is that God can change anyone. Oh, come on, somebody. That God can change anybody it don't matter who it is 
It don't matter how they lived. It don't matter what their lifestyle was. And it don't matter what it is now. God can still change it. Amen. That's what it shows us. And that's the, 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 it's not even deep if you just read it and open up your heart and your mind. It ain't deep. You just see that, man, God changed him. God changed her. God changed that situation. God took them out of the gutter. God took them out of the bar. God threw the pills away. God did this. God did that. Yes, God can change anybody. Amen. God can change anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter how long they live the way they live. And check this out. It doesn't even matter if you don't think they can change. What you, what you think don't matter to God when it comes to somebody else's life. Oh, they're not going to change. Who said? Who made you God? Amen? Amen? No, you ain't never going to change. But you're Christian and you're saying that. You're telling everybody else God could change your situation, but not yours. Amen. Oh, yeah. So let's keep on going. Remember, we're teaching today. Amen. And so we find that God can change everyone. So the writer lets us to know that when God shows up in someone's life and he begins to, to move in that individual's life, when he begins to, to move in that man's life, when he begins to, to, to do a work in that woman's heart, then anybody could be changed. Amen. The Bible says this in the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Bible says that the thief... Satan. It says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his whole purpose. That's his job. How many of you got a job? We need to pray for more jobs in this place. We need to just shut it down and open up the altar. God, we need some jobs. Amen. Because only three of your employees. I hope I'm not paying your rent. Amen. I have no welfare church. Amen. But that's, that's his sole purpose. That's his sole purpose. And he's been at it for over 2,000 years. Amen. Now, you know, you got somebody doing something, Sister Soraya, how long you been doing here? 20 years, 25 years? 20 years. She does a good job. Look at, she met, oh, I told my wife, you look like Cindy Crawford. She walked into the house yesterday. She goes, man, 80s. She was hot back then. But I was impressed. And so you see, that's where, that, come on, brothers, you know you go get a haircut. You're not going to go just to anybody, right? You're going to go to somebody that has some experience and knows what they're doing. You don't just trust anybody. And, and you see such a nice job. She does it. 20 years. Can you imagine if she was at it for 2,000 years? And so the devil has been at it for 2,000 years. He's been at it for over 2,000 years. His job, his sole purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To destroy who? To destroy you. To destroy me. To destroy my seed. To destroy their seed. And the seed after. That's his job. That's his sole purpose. Uh, but, the, but the good thing about that scripture is that Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life uh, and that you might have it more 
more abundantly. Amen. He doesn't want you just to have a good life. He wants you to have an abundant life. You know what abundant means? That means that you can't get it. You got so much of it that you, you don't know what to do with it. When you have an abundance of things, you know, when you have an abundance of, of things in your pantry and your kids come over and they walk out with bags of groceries, uh, amen, that's how God wants your life to be. Amen. An abundance of things. Amen. And that's what God does. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody give God a round of applause this morning. Because I want to go back to Saul. I want to go back to Saul. Amen. And for those of you that, that don't know him as, as, as Saul, then you had better know him. You had better know him as Paul. Amen. Because Saul is Paul. You see what God does when he, when he, he, he cleans you and he brings you in? He, he changes his name. Amen. And so if, if you don't know him as Saul, then you had better know, know him as Paul. Paul is the writer of more than half of the New Testament. He did more to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ than any other disciple. Amen. He's the one that wrote, uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's the one that wrote uh, that you are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that wrote, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he also wrote that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. That's what he wrote. Those are the scriptures. We, we quote them all the time. Amen. We quote them all the time. We stand on them. I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You know, greater is he that is in no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This was the writer. This was the author. This was the man. Amen. But he didn't write him as Saul. He wrote him as Paul. He didn't write him as a sinner. He wrote him as a converted individual filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, I, I want you to, uh, in order to fully appreciate Paul, you have to have known him as Saul. Did you guys catch that? Let me put it another way. Okay, You can't fully appreciate Paul if you know nothing about Saul. Amen? Because to fully understand Paul, you need to know what he went through. You see, because everybody... Everybody comes with a story. Everybody comes with a past. My wife and I were hearing that this morning. We were listening to uh, teaching from Joyce Myers while we were getting ready for church. And I was like, she's stepping all over my message. Because she was talking about the past. And to fully understand somebody's future, you have to know where their past was. To fully understand Paul, you have to know Saul. To appreciate his story. Can you say amen? How many of you have ever sat with somebody now in the Lord? Amen. Soul winning for the Lord. And, and you're sharing your past. And what God took you out of, what God healed you from, what God restored you from, what God delivered you from to where you're at now. And they say, wow, really? Would have never have known. Amen. How many of you ever had that experience? Amen. God took you out of that? Man, you were involved in that? You lived that kind of lifestyle? Amen. Amen. 
And so now the individual fully appreciates not, not just what you got, uh, have gone through, but, but they appreciate your God that you serve. Because that, now they know the power of your God. And so in order for us to fully appreciate Paul, we have to know about Saul, which brings me to my first point. I got three points that I want to go over really quickly. And the first one is this. For those of you that are note takers, write this down. The first one is this. We're, we're, we're getting these points from, from what Paul went through. Okay, Saul, his deliverance. And the first point is this. Don't be discouraged by the criticism of people who don't know where you've come from and where you have been. Don't be discouraged by the criticism of people who don't know where you've come from and where you have been. In other words, if you don't know where I started, and if you don't know what I've experienced, then you really can't appreciate who I am. Because you don't know me. Amen. And because you don't know me, you can't criticize me. Amen. But you see, right away, the disciples began to criticize Saul. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, I mean, for good reason. The Bible says, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from them to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found anyone who were of the way, which is the way of Christianity, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was a killer. He was on a mission to hurt Christians. But God showed up in his life as he was on his way to Damascus to carry out these awful deeds. Amen. And in just six short verses later, the Lord turns his life completely around. Don't tell me God can't change somebody's situation. Don't tell me God doesn't have the power and the authority to change the course of somebody's life. Don't tell me that there's not a God in heaven. Don't tell me that the Holy Ghost is not real and alive. Because we see that a killer's life was changed. Amen. And this is so relevant what happens to him. Check this out. Watch what God does on the road to, to, to Damascus. It's so relevant to you and I today, to the church. Because first, uh, he convicts Saul. Second, he converts Saul. And third, he commissions Saul. Amen. The Lord convicted him of his lifestyle. The Lord convicted him of, of what he was doing, of what he was allowing, of what he was part of that was ungodly. Amen. He was part of it. Amen. You know, we have some, uh, uh, I'm going to speak to, to those enablers that are watching us online today. You're fueling the problem. The problem is there because you allow it. And so God comes in and convicts Saul because he was not living according to God's will. And then he converts Saul into a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he commissions Saul 
to go out and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so let me bring all of this home so that we all can understand it. Uh, that the one who was a persecutor is now a preacher. The one who was an enemy of God uh, is now an evangelist. Uh, the one who was killing people for calling on the name of the Lord is now calling on that same Lord. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And God can change anyone. Can you give God a round of applause, somebody? Amen. And so my first point was, don't be discouraged by the criticism of people who don't know where you've come from and where you have been. My second point is this, that not only can God change anyone, but God can use anyone. Not only can God, not only did God change him, but he commissioned him. Not only did he remove him from that lifestyle, he became an evangelist. Amen. And we know this to be true because God decided to use public enemy number one to spread the gospel to you and me. Amen. Amen. And, and you know what happens, church? So often we, we disqualify people because we think we know what their issues are. We do. We disqualify people. You know, God doesn't call the, 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 the qualified. He qualifies the called. How many of you knew all about your job before you walked into it? Yeah, only three or four that have a job. Hey, huh? How, how many? We all had to go through some training. Can you say amen? And, and we still, as things change, especially in the, in the medical field that my wife is in, in the insurance, amen, things are changing all the time. And so you constantly got to be trained and you constantly got to train. Amen. Things are constantly changing amen and so so often we are are uh, we disqualify people because we think that we know what their issues are we we personally judge everyone under the sun amen you know if it were up to us uh, no one would be used because no one would meet the standard Remember, Noah was a drunk, but God still used him. Moses was a murderer, but God still used him. David was an adulterer, but God still used him. Solomon was a womanizer, but God still used him. Jacob was a deceiver and a con man, but God still used him. Rahab was a prostitute. But God still used her. Peter was a gangster, but God still used him. Pastor Larry was an alcoholic and drug addict, and God still uses him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the Lord will use anyone in spite of their faults, their flaws, their failures, and their past. Hallelujah. It don't matter what you've done. It don't matter where you're at right now. God can change your situation if you allow him to. Amen. And lastly, my last point, amen, as we come to a close. I feel like I need to repeat those points. The first one is don't be discouraged. A lot of people are walking around discouraged. You know, this word, although for some it might be, some may say, man, pastors, pastors hitting it hard today. 
Don't be discouraged. Especially, don't be discouraged about the word. In order for a tree to grow nice shade and to grow good fruit, it needs to go through a pruning sometimes and a trimming. And boy, if that tree could talk. I mean, how about somebody pull out some big old snippers that are hooked like that at the end and snipped off one of your arms, snipped off your big toe, snipped off one of your ears. I don't know anyone in this room that wouldn't yell or shout or put up a fight. But you know what the tree does? It allows itself to be trimmed. It allows itself to be pruned. Why? So that it could grow healthier. It could grow greener. It could produce better fruit. And you know, trees don't produce fruit for themselves. They produce fruit for others and so don't be discouraged when God comes along and starts to shape you and poke on you and prod on you and clip this and clip that he's just trying to make you stronger greener healthier and produce better fruit in your life for those that are around you So don't be discouraged by the criticism of people who don't know where you've come from and where you've been. Because not only can God change anyone, but God can use anyone. And my last point is this. I grabbed this point And it's very important to me because it goes along with what I started with in the beginning about my life. That what were the signs that God made the change? What were the signs? You know, church, your life in Christ has to show some kind of change. It has to. There has to be some kind of change. We can't be in this thing for five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years and and still talking the same and still walking the same and still reacting the same and still doing the same things. There has to be change. And and what were the signs that God made the change in Saul's life? Remember, when he came to the disciples after his conversion, they didn't believe him. Amen. I'm going to read this. In Acts chapter 9, we read it in verses 26 through 30. The Bible says that when Saul... This was after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. This was after he was baptized. The Bible says that he had come to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples. He went from his old crew to his new crew and he tried to join them. He said, okay, guys, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm going to serve the Lord now. I don't want no more part of that life. No more ungodly living for me. No more sending it up for me. I'm going to go this way now. 
I changed my life. I had an experience with God. God appeared to me. And that life is better. And so the Bible says he left his old crew to go and join with church folk. And the church folk wouldn't receive him. (laughs) They wouldn't accept him. No, we already got, there's already 12 of us. There's enough of us. We don't need 13. And so, they didn't want to join with him because they were afraid of him. And rightfully so. He was killing them kind. But they did not believe that he was a disciple. How many of you have friends and family till this day that think you're still playing church? Don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's only for a season. He'll be back on the court with us later. We'll save his seat right here. You know, when I started eating right just recently, changed my way of eating, and I'm down a little bit. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Down a little bit. You know what somebody told me, Brother Greg? They said, throw away all of your big clothes. I said, man, my whole wardrobe? When when you buy new clothes, throw away your old ones. Because if you hold on to the old ones, you're not going to care if you gain it. Because you'll just leave those there and jump over to this side of the closet. Amen. Now, I'm not down enough to buy a new wardrobe, but when I do, I'll come to you for an offering. And then I'll get rid of those clothes. Amen. But but that happens in Christianity, too. We, we hold on to those things that we used to do. Uh, we hold on to those old phone numbers. Uh, we hold on to those. Uh, we hold on to them just in case. Just in case it don't work out over here, I can still fall back over here. Amen? But you know, the true change that God was in it was that when Saul left, he changed so much so that his name was changed. Now when they came into the hood, hey, where's Saul at? We don't know no Saul. Hey, we're looking for Saul. Who's Saul? You know that guy who used to live with us and hang out with us in the world and do these things? No, we don't know no Saul. We know a Paul, but we don't know no Saul. Just like nobody knows Jacob. And so the true change, the, the, the reason how we know that he changed was that he gave it up. He gave it all up. He didn't hold on to nothing Amen. Let's keep on going. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe. God, I just want to keep hitting on that. And did not believe that he was a disciple. When people see you, when people are around you, do they see you? A Christian man? Do they see a Christian woman? Do they see the change? Or or are we one of those Christians that when we're around those that are not, those that we used to hang out with, those family members, that we go right back into that same converse conversation, that right back into that same behavior, right back into that same attitude? to stay away from those triggers now I'm not saying disown them because they need Christ too remember they need salvation but if they trigger you to be that old person amen but Barnabas took him he had a friend man thank God for the Barnabas in our life 
Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciple to the apostles. And he declared to them how Saul had seen the Lord and had spoken to him. And now how he has preached boldly. So what were the signs? That he saw the Lord. He spoke to the Lord. And he became a follower and a teacher. And a preacher of the Lord. You can't get any better signs than that church. Is that what people see in you? Do they say, man, that sister had an experience with God. Look at, she acts, she acts different. She talks different. She responds different. She lives different. Or do they see the same old so-and-so every time you come around? Oh, that's just Larry. He ain't changed. He'd been in the church for 16 years, but he still acts the same. He still does the same stuff. Still hangs out with the same crowd. Church, you and I have to live a life of change. There has to be a change that people can see. Can you say amen? Amen. Let us all stand to our feet this morning as we open up this altar. like Saul then come to this altar today and make a change all it takes is courage honesty and surrender and say God I want to be the change that people see this altar is open this morning.